Well, now that I have a mild concussion, and a better sense of how much the podcast has improved, I have rescinded my demands. Chris's on Infinite Earths can stay changed. <laughs> yeah, we sure were not asking for your permission. Even a little bit, Earth 2017, Chris. Well, you have my blessing. Sure thing. While I'm here in the great year of 2020, could I maybe ask some questions about the future? Afraid not, other me. It would really mess with the time-space continuum. Maybe we can kind of give hints, though? Oh, that's a shame. I really wanted to know if Game of Thrones would have a great ending. I also wondered if Star Wars' last two Skywalker saga movies are universally beloved. Or if Doomsday Clock is a good and worthwhile use of Watchmen characters. Or if X-Men comics get better. Actually, that one definitely happens. Look forward to it, alternate Chris. Well, I'll just head out then. I hope you all have fun. Talking about comics? Oh, hey, you still do it. <clears throat> yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's On Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to our second and final episode covering Infinite Crisis issues five through seven. Uh, we're going to finally have another crisis under our belt. We'll have three down. Three? Yeah, three down. How many more to go? It depends on what you consider a crisis. Mm. Anything just with crisis in the name or the things that DC considers a crisis? Mm, that, uh, how different are those two things? Are there more things that DC Considers a crisis that don't have crisis in the title? Yes. Okay. Technically, Zero Hour was definitely one of Is those. Is there anything that has crisis in the title that's not considered a crisis? Debatable? But no, I think those are considered a crisis. Oh, okay. It's weird, though, because... So, there's one that took place before this that I don't ever want us to cover called Identity Crisis. And then there's one that takes place after this one called Heroes in Crisis that is kind of a similar thing with, like... It's like an emotional crisis. But they're both not good. But then there's Final Crisis, which is good. And then there's Convergence, which is like this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all the crises, though. Well, we have uh, some pod business to take care of. We do. Um, Christy has been making a lot of masala chai, which she does use cardamom pods in. So we really have to talk about those. They are very tasty to have in your chai, but that was not the pod business to which I was referring. Mm, mm. But now I wish I'd made some before we started this episode, so thanks. It would have been a delightful podcast treat. <laughs> we need to thank a new patron, Joshua Afrim. Thank you, Joshua. In happy patron news, we have, with the addition of Josh's pledge and some current patrons upping Uppin'. their pledges yep. have made it to our goal of $30 a month. And thus, at some point when the schedule allows, we will be covering... Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the famed cartoon crossover. 
Are you guys excited? Because I'm excited. I tweeted about it. I've never seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I remember trailers for it and commercials for it. Like, I think there was a VHS that I watched that had that as, like, one of the the trailers beforehand. So I saw it a bunch, and I was just like, that seems like it'd be a cool movie to watch. But, you know, it's not like we had streaming services. It's true. No, I never saw it at the, the, the VHS rental place in our grocery store. Ooh, we are <laughs> all the hip people listening to this go what's a vhs oh well as far as when we're gonna do that i'm venturing march okay yeah seems like a good time post c2e2 post your uh friday nights eternally occupied yeah um it's also when the double shipping starts to sort of go away for all these x books that we're constantly covering <laughs> Well, I'm excited. So thank you, patrons, for getting us there. Yeah, thank you very much. And we have yet another reader to shout out and thank on the show. Uh, We have an iTunes review. A five-star iTunes review. Are we doing the daily double noise? No, no, no. This is the the air horn. Oh, oh, yeah. Do you want to try that again with a little bit more pizzazz? Okay, I like that. I'll take that one. <laughs> You're going to have to heavily edit that to not like, destroy <laughs> the mic. All right. So this five-star review comes from Drew from Denver. Thanks, Drew. Uh, Drew says, love the pod. Seriously, give it a listen. Five stars. Each episode, these married Chris's wade into the frightening landscape that is comics history. This is a great pod which covers long crossovers in a brisk and fun way. Fun blend of lifelong fan with a newer arrival makes for great listening. Great guest stars, too. Please keep doing the X-Men crossovers. And since this is a five-star review and you're gonna read it on the air, hi, me in the car or doing chores, keep up the good work thumbs up i'm liking this message of from past drew to future drew it really fits in with the theme of the cold opening it really does yeah so drew congrats if you're doing chores right now i love i love listening to pods when i'm when when i'm doing chores whereas i like listening to pods when i'm in the car my commute's five minutes yeah mine is many much All right. Well, thank you, readers. Keep up those reviews, and um, your your patronage is very much appreciated. Yeah. A reminder, if we get to $50 a month, which uh, th- I think this is realistic for when it's actually going to happen, we will cover the gigantic Muppets Christmas crossover that had the Fraggles, the Muppet Babies, and the Muppets. Uh, it, you know... <laughs> It, it will t- it will maybe take not- at least a year to get us to, to fifty dollars. So you know, maybe even like Christmas time, twenty twenty one. That seems likely. <laughs> Are you ready to get into this summary? Summary. Infinite Crisis, number five through seven, written by Jeff Johns, penciled by the team of Phil Jimenez, George Perez, Jerry Ordway, Ivan Race, and Joe Bennett. Inked by Andy Lanning, George Perez, Ivan Race, Sean Parsons, Jerry Ordway, and Art Thibert. Colored by Jeremy Cox, Guy Major, Rod Rice, Tanya Horry, and Richard Horry. Lettered by Nick J. Napolitano and Rob Lee. Edited by Janine Schaefer and Eddie Berganza, who we don't like. Issue 5. 
The Earth One heroes hold a memorial service for those that have fallen as the two Earths hang very close to each other, regardless of that pesky gravity. The JSA and others start to appear on the very empty Earth 2 as they originally were before Crisis. Earth 2 Soups is thrilled to be back on his Earth, but unfortunately it does not save his Lois, and she dies shortly after arriving, proclaiming her love for him. He yells out in despair, which causes Earth-1 Superman to come investigate. Booster Gold leads Jaime Reyes to the Batcave, where they pledge to help Batman on his assault on Brother Eye using Jaime's new Blue Beetle powers. The real Lex Luthor has put Connor Kent in a Star Wars-esque healing tank, but has figured out Alexander's tower. Wonder Woman tries to fight off muggers, but everyone just remembers her very recent murder of Maxwell Lord. However, she is visited by Earth-2 Wonder Woman? When Earth-1 Soups arrives on Earth-2, that universe's Superman attacks him, blaming the younger version for Lois's death. Earth-2 Wonder Woman explains how she was brought here from Mount Olympus by the sacrifice of her husband, and gives Earth-1 Diana a pep talk about the ability to make mistakes. She also tells Diana to go help Superman before disappearing. Wonder Woman stops the Supermen from fighting with her lasso, and when Earth-2 Superman brings up that whole, my world is perfect thing, Earth-1 Superman reminds him a perfect world wouldn't need a Superman. Alexander Luther explains to Psycho Pirate his plan to use the alternate universe heroes connected to his machine to bring back the multiverse so he can use his godlike powers to create the actual perfect world. He needs Earth 2 Superman as a catalyst, which explains why he was kept alive. Luther activates the machine, and Earths begin to fill the sky. Connor returns to team up with Nightwing. Lex Luthor had shown him where the machine was, and it was time to fight. The Flash appears back in our time and grabs the nearest hero, Dr. Light, telling her that they couldn't hold him back. Who, you ask? Why, Superboy Prime? Issue number six. Batman, Blue Beetle, and a crew of superheroes head towards Brother Eye, intent on shutting it down and thus saving the universe, but Omax swarm in an intercept course. The Supermen and Wonder Woman are also intent on stopping this, but need to find which of the Earths in the sky is Earth-1. At Earth-1 Stonehenge, the old DC magic heroes summon the Spectre to help. However, even with his buddy Phantom Stranger trying to convince him, the Spectre instead kills Star Sapphire for being a villain. Some help he is. Alexander Luther manipulates reality, including trying to fuse Earth-2 and Earth-3 together, which would kill Wonder Woman and the Supermen. The space heroes who have been chilling at the center of the universe see this in progress and blow off one of Alexander's fingers to get him to stop. The infiltration team lands inside Brother Eye, where Mr. Terrific is using his invisibility to technology to great effect as the team plans on giving Brother Eye every single computer virus. Connor, Wonder Girl, and Nightwing arrive at the Arctic base, where they start wrecking house and freeing all the heroes who are bound to the tower. Black Adam, who is frankly quite ticked off, kills Psycho Pirate. Superboy Prime arrives, however, and suddenly the tides have turned against the heroes. However, Connor Kent holds his own against the evil Superboy, and using his rage against him, causes Superboy Prime to fly them through the tower, blowing it to pieces. Meanwhile, Batman confronts Brother Eye, and the satellite tries to kill him. 
However, Batman explains his plan. Batman wasn't trying to deal with Brother I. He was just a distraction so Mr. Terrific could knock the satellite out of orbit. Hal Jordan flies in to make the save, and Brother I burns up in the atmosphere. But in the ruins of the tower, Connor Kent has made the ultimate sacrifice to save the Earth. Issue 7 Alexander Luther and the villains are making a last-ditch effort to at least take over the only Earth left and are opposed in Metropolis by the heroes. However, Superboy Prime does not want this Earth. He wants Earth Prime. His plan is to try to fly at light speed through the planet Oa, which will cause a new Big Bang with him as the only hero in the new universe. I don't get it either. Anyway, we also find out the Flash that has returned is an aged-up Bart Allen, who helped imprison Superboy Prime for years. All the very powerful, fast-flying heroes give chase as Hal Jordan sends a warning to the Green Lantern Corps. The Green Lantern Corps meets Superboy Prime with a 300-mile-thick wall of willpower, but Superboy Prime retaliates, killing many lanterns before the Superfolk show up. The Supermen fly him through the ruins of Krypton, which doesn't hurt him in this universe. However, the Red Sun Rao does, and all three men are stripped of their powers as they crash land on the Green Lantern planet Mogo. Meanwhile on Earth, Alexander Luther nearly kills Nightwing, causing a grief-stricken Batman to pick up a gun and point it at the villain. Wonder Woman stops him, though, breaking her own sword and saying it isn't worth it. Then... A building falls on Alexander! The Superman brutally fights Superboy Prime, but Earth 2 Superman dies in the confrontation. Power Girl tearfully bids her Superman goodbye, and he tells her she'll never be alone. Cleanup begins back on Earth, with Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman taking a year off to mentally, and in Superman's case, physically recoup. They seem pretty optimistic, though. Lex Luthor and the Joker confront a not-dead Alexander Luthor in an alley. Lex explains to Alexander as the Joker tortures and kills him that Alex's big mistake was not letting the Joker play. Superboy Prime, still alive, can't be imprisoned on Oa. Instead, his cell is in a miniature red sun, surrounded at all times by fifty lanterns. As he carves a bloody S into his chest, he vows to escape. I think I started the last episode off, uh, or the the last post summary off with a who, but gosh, these issues are really dense. Uh, they are, and in some cases, very busy page per page. We go from these pages where there's like 10 panels, and it sometimes seems really busy and difficult to know what the heck is going on. And then on the next page, it'll be like a single page spread of like somebody punching somebody. Yeah, it, it seems... Like, they try to do so much more than they really should in the pages that they have. Because I don't think the pages that are sparse, uh, that have, like, those huge full-page arts, like, those big impactful moments, I don't, I don't dislike those. I like those a whole lot. And I think they probably do have the most impact because everything else is so smushed. Every mm-hmm. other page is so dense. Like, you spend so much long, or so long on each of these pages to truly take in everything that's on them that you get a lot of bang for your buck when you're finally like, all right, this page has no text. It has three words on it. Yeah. (laughs) So 
I don't know, but it does leave you feeling kind of frustrated when you look at these super crowded pages uh, with like not the best layouts that you're like, man, if these were right for the pages that you have. Right. I don't know. And sometimes it felt like the text, like the script was just, you didn't need that much dialogue even on the page. Like it might not have been, some of the layouts might not have been quite as bad if there wasn't quite as much dialogue. I don't know. There were some uh, like extra explainy pages and then some pages that like, I didn't even put them in the summary because they just didn't seem necessary. Yeah. So it would be things like, there was a lot of pages where Alexander Luther was like throwing planets together. Like he's like. Yeah. We saw like Bizarro world. Right. Where uh, th- there was even dialogue there and it was just like, well, it just doesn't. Right, because it's, it's like, only in there so they can say it was in there and put, you know, Bizarro on the cover. Yeah. You know, there's like there's like Justice League where they all have mullets and <laughs> Justice League where they're all wearing buckets on their heads. Um, so I mean, I I guess those are just kind of fun little Easter eggs in there, but definitely not necessarily to the plot. I don't I don't know if you even really call that an Easter egg, but Um can I can I get real for a second? Okay. I'm going to get really close to the mic. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. <laughs> I love weird alternate universe takes on things. Which, Even if it's like just a second. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's fair. Love it. I mean, it's- Can never it's, get enough. It's some fun world building, yeah. but no, not essential to the plot. Nope. But they eventually make a crossover that is basically like laser focused at Chris thinking this. Yeah. <laughs> called multiversity where it just does a lot of fun multi multiverse stuff can they just decide how many how many earths mm-hmm. they did they did yep but i haven't they decided it several times not since this really this yep. was the last time last time oh, okay guess how many there are what's dc's favorite number 52 yep there you go <laughs> but at the end of this crossover it seems like there's just one New Earth. There is. Um, to, to spoil a, like, 10-year-old comic at this point. <laughs> so, after this, everybody takes a year off, and then everything is called One Year Later. Right. That, which is alluded to at the end of this this comic. Yes. But then, as One Year Later is coming out, we start getting a weekly series called 52 that go, runs for a full year. Uh-huh. And at the end, you f- it, it is revealed that the multiverse is back, and there are 52 universes. Okay. Okay, so we had, like, infinite number, yep. and then we had one, and then they're like, no, that's bad, let's have 52. Yes, and now they're, they're, there is a, there's a guidebook, you can look up every single Earth and at least know the general theme of it. I kind of hate that it's still limited, though. I oh. like the thought of unlimited, that you could have, you can just do anything, and just say, well, this is a different Earth. Well, can I, can I say another thing? Yeah. There's also another multiverse. <laughs> what? <laughs> we'll cover it eventually. What? There's the dark multiverse. The dark multiverse. Yeah, they all have negative number designations. So it's like Earth negative three and stuff. Okay, this is going to be like totally mom of me here. Uh-huh. But it makes me think of our, you know, our kids watch a lot of PBS. They sure do. They recently were watching an Odd Squad episode with negative town well okay so odd, <laughs> we have to ex- maybe explain odd squad which is a, it's a live action pbs show a rare example yeah since most of them are cartoons where these these kids who are like they run they're like the child fbi yeah but they investigate like odd and goofy things and all the all the causes of odd and goofy things it's are math. adults 
Oh, it's all adults. And they have to use math it's and stuff. It's always math. Everything's math in it. Patterns yep. and problem solving. So it's like really cool and educational, like you would expect from PBS. Yeah. But when they learn about negative numbers, there's there's something weird going down at at, at a house number that's like negative five something street and they have to go to negative town where it's all dark and everybody's mopey and none of the restaurants have anything that's on the menu that's literally the dark multiverse (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk more about the dark multiverse because there's an entire crossover about it but okay (laughs) just right now in dc for the most part just think about the fact there's 52 universes got it and new genesis Mm -hmm. and apocalypse and the rock of eternity which are all separate (laughs) okay and I think heaven might be separate. So there's 52 dot, Earths. dot, dot. Yeah, there's 52 Earths. <laughs> and I think they're all supposed to mostly contain a universe. Okay. Like, there are, like, alternate universe Green Lanterns and stuff. Sure, sure. Grant Morrison did that. All right. There was one that was a hippie. <laughs> well, anyway, yes. That's, <laughs> so at least DC has remained somewhat constant in that. It is the opposite of Marvel though, who Marvel, the only time they destroyed all of their universes, they kind of brought them all back and didn't even talk about it. They're like, "And eh, they're well, 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 they did talk about it. Never mind, but I'm going to go off on a tangent." <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, so, who what what were your favorite plot threads throughout? Infinite Crisis, because we have a ton. What are your, what were your favorite stories to follow? Favorite. What were the most um, compelling stories to you? I feel like the most viewpoint character of this crossover was, if, if it would have been me when I read it first, was Jaime Reyes, because he, like me, also had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I feel like that was a storyline that I wanted more of. Well, there is an there's an entire series that spins off starring him after this. Right. But I feel like he would have been a compelling character throughout this in, in a more mm-hmm. meaningful way, because we only got just the tiniest snippets and we're supposed to just in our head string along what had happened to get him where he was. He is basically the breakout character of this story. Like, as everybody else that, that is somewhat important in this was already important. Yeah. Even like, I don't know if she was, I don't know if at this time she was super important, but I don't think anybody's ever been like, who the heck's Power Girl? Right. Even though she has, like, I don't think she's as popular as Supergirl necessarily, but I don't know. That might be a wild, I mean, it might be a wild thing to say. Maybe she is. But he was introduced in this and he had like a pretty fan favorite series going on after this. He even appeared in like cartoons, like that our kid has watched. Yeah. Yeah. So. So he's definitely the breakout character and he doesn't get to do anything and doesn't really have any decisions that he gets to make for himself. No. Booster Gold is basically like, what's up, kid? Going to drag you along for something because you can see robots. I feel like I don't know much about Booster Gold. 52 is the Booster Gold story. Okay. He's from the future, but he's from the future, but he was like a guy who was not very important in the future, but he has future technology. So that makes him like a superhero now, which is kind of a fun concept. Oh, so, I mean, it's just like if one of us went back, like, I don't know how many years, if we went back to like Like, 1860. Yeah. And like, could we bring something that didn't need to charge? (laughs) That's like, you could bring a solar charger. Oh, that's true. Or like, imagine going back, like. To, like, the year 1000 and just being, like, a foot taller than everybody else. <laughs> well, that's probably not true. Having I heard that good that's, nutrition and, like, all your, teeth. all your teeth. <laughs> that's, uh, I've heard the whole foot taller thing is apparently maybe not 
it's just like on average height was less, but like tall people still existed. Yeah. It's just like how people always live to like Mm -hmm. their 80s. It's just that so many people, so many more people died young than it like brought the average down to nothing. So I feel like for us to easily be like the coolest, most superhero versions, we would need to go to a time when we did still have electricity and like it was easy to plug in our gadgets. But maybe the solar panel thing would just be cool yeah i think do you think we could bring enough portable technology to the 1860s to do something like to be a weird 1860s superhero yeah i don't know healthcare for all <laughs> it's not portable <laughs> no. <laughs> okay portable. we can't bring that back we don't have that now oh <laughs> um, yeah yeah but if we had it then we'd have it now that's probably true in fact fe- i mean <laughs> this might take a left turn real quick if we keep doing, if we keep talking about okay, other okay. countries. Portable gadgets that could make us super in the 1860s. Uh huh. Maybe we'll need the readers. Is it just to tell like us. guns? Is uh, guns? They, they have guns. They, we have, they have better guns. Yeah, but who wants to bring guns back? That's that's yeah. Um, I don't know. But that's the that's a plot of like guns of the south. A motorcycle. Oh, like a hot rod. Ooh. Hmm. A motorcycle, I think, would be cooler, and you could bring back more gas because it doesn't take as much. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, we we need gas too. A solar powered motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> a solar cycle. Well, anyway, yeah, Booster Gold told deal is like normal dude from the future comes back to the past. Very cool. Which uh, that's kind of I love that concept. Mm-hmm. Mark Twain already did it, but you know we can do it for superheroes. Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's court. Mm-mm. Yeah, guy from guy from like the 1800s comes back to King Arthur times. Oh, is that what a kid in King Arthur's court is based, based off, of? off of? Yeah, hundred percent. I saw that movie. I didn't know <laughs> it was a Mark Twain novel. I mean, it's like I think it's more pun based on the Mark Twain novel right, than anything. Right, but I still, it's like knowing ten things I hate about you and not knowing Taming, Taming of the, the Shrew. <laughs> So don't worry, that's so many people's <laughs> thing. Oh, okay. All right. So other plot threads that I like. Um when I read this the first time I liked the idea of a snotty evil super super boy, and there's more questions about this later. I I don't know how I feel about it these days, but we can get into the, the minutiae when I think we have a question about it. Right. I uh, yeah, I feel like he Aside from having been in a cosmic timeout and then in yet another cosmic timeout and then a third cosmic timeout, he gets him to a lot of timeouts. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's a naughty boy. I just don't know what ticked him off so bad. I don't know. I, I think he's supposed to represent something. But again, well, yes. Okay, we'll talk about it. We, yes. we have questions about it. I don't want to spoil the questions. And we already know that I liked the Power Girl. Uh, storyline, but and then I feel it, like, it, like we need deflates yes, in these last we, we three. We get issues. nothing. We get nothing. I'm just saying, like, if we were to design this crossover ourselves, which would be the big plot threads that we would want? So we want Jaime Reyes. Yes, we, and I, I kind of want the comic to start with him reacting to Wonder Woman having done this and oh, about all this stuff. That would be really interesting. Yes, and then finding the Blue Beetle thing. Uh-huh. Cause he, well, he was also in the city where the rock of eternity exploded. So he could be watching TV, seeing this thing with Wonder Woman, hearing some reports. Boom, rock of eternity explodes, goes outside, finds the man. Why didn't I write this? Get out of here, Jeff Johns. Okay. So do we still like how Power Girl's storyline starts with her just being like attacked? 
Or did we need some more kind of intro stuff with her too? I think they should have gotten rid of the freedom fighter scene entirely. Oh yeah. Killing off all the freedom. Fi- oh, that was, it was gruesome. It was gruesome. And I think it, it should have been power girl having a big fight. Uh-huh. And then like maybe her going like, like, cause Superman saves her from like scrubs. And it'd be, it'd be cool if she, like, in the last bit, like, Bizarro has to If she was more, like, be, down and out. Right, but she, like, fights, like, stronger dudes, like mm. Bizarro, and then, mm-hmm. see, like, Bizarro gets, like, knocked out, and it's Superman. There's, like, things I think could have been combined. Mm-hmm. And I, but I also don't, I think we could have had cool stakes without, like, all these randos being slaughtered. Yes. DC loves to do that, though, and they didn't do it as much in Crisis. I, I don't know that it's just DC that likes to sl- slaughter randos like does marvel do that okay the last marvel event that we we read Mm -hmm. messiah complex correct the first issue an entire town's children are massacred sure but i mean like these are like violence like that is meaningless i i'm i i I feel you to some extent i specifically mean superheroes random superheroes random characters yeah random properties yeah that are just but I also like, I have a soft spot for the Freedom Fighters because their whole deal is all we love to do is beat the crap out of Nazis. So it's always, I don't like seeing them lose. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that could have, I think that could have been a good thing. Um, I think like if you would have done like Jaime Reyes, Power Girl as like the mainest two characters and had the like Batwoman or Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, like, kind of fallout thing be kind of it also its own story yeah would have been fine uh, yeah is- i think we could have had those three threads and we probably could have seen still quite a few characters maybe not as many as we did but right. i think that would have you get some weird stuff in this we have to have like a whole two panels dedicated to explaining why blue devil civil sizzles in church it's because even yeah. though he's a catholic he's a devil and i guess <laughs> and that means yeah. that you burn in church and i'm like that's cool, I guess. <laughs> Thank you, Detective Chimp, for explaining that. Yeah. Sometimes a chimpanzee in a Sherlock Holmes outfit explains to you why the man's burning in church. Why are they in church? Because a few people died. and uh, So now they're having a superhero mass. Yeah, as you do. In Catholic church. That's specifically Catholic church. Yep. Yep. You think some people would have been like, I don't really want to go to Canadian <laughs> church. I also like that there's certain people kind of floating around. You know how in like every superhero meeting, there's got to be at least two people flying? Oh. <laughs> After the crossover, somebody's like, so, so I didn't see you at the superhero mass. You know, where, what earth did you go to? Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely went to another earth. That's why I wasn't there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just slept in. <laughs> And it's led by a literal angel. <laughs> Jeff John's making a bold statement about what religions are apparently correct. Right? <laughs> Goodness, Jeff Johns. Oh. Okay, so when are we rewriting this crossover? Right now. <laughs> right now. No. I don't know if the readers are really like, man, you know what I want? Chris and Christie's fanfic spoken spoken word on air. <laughs> Do you do you think the message of this was good though? The ultimate message of this crossover is basically like the good old days were are are maybe not as good as they se- seemed 
and maybe things can can always look up and you shouldn't just look to the past. Mhm. You know, there's always there's always good with the bad. Yep. And rose colored and rose colored glasses not not so great. Not so great. Uh, um, also we get by with a little help from our friends. But yeah, but that always happens in crossover. It's always. Just, people always got to have a team up and they got to shoot their lasers at the same time. Mm-hmm. Never again. Never again this will happen. <laughs> Says Batman. <laughs> Sorry, Batman. It definitely does. <laughs> I was, um, I've was. i forgotten that the DC magic heroes didn't have a moment where all, they all get to shoot their lasers at the yeah. same time. This is like the first time. Yeah, they're like, let's all get together and bring back... Spectre, and that that's going to help. And he just shows up and is like, um, you did a bad wrong, and now you're dead. <laughs> Blows of star sapphire. Like, three people apparently get, like, offed by Spectre. He has definitely helped in several crossovers, though. There's a bit in Crisis where he and Anti-Monitor are having, like, a, the giant boxing match in the sky. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if this was supposed to be a little mini thesis on, like... Like things aren't always like the way they used to be, but none of these people should actually remember that that happening. So I guess it's just supposed to be something that maybe we remember. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, they we you get a lot of help remembering things uh, throughout this crossover with our. I I feel like you didn't need to read Crisis on Infinite Earths. That when we covered it, we just should have read like the five pages <laughs> from this crossover, and we would have had it. You say that, but I think maybe you know that. <laughs> there's a bunch of weird little Easter eggs though to Crisis or to other things. Um, however, this is literally Superman the same... holding Lois. Superman holding Lois like Supergirl. Yeah. The bit with Alexander Luther where his hands, they could see his hands. Remember how mm-hmm. it, the whole like deal with when, when evil came into the world was seeing the hand? Yes. Um, there's, there's a lot of little But there was Easter also eggs. the hand of creation that we had in Crisis, too. Yeah, that's what I mean. But like, oh, that was evil. Them, them seeing it was, was, was how e- evil brought, was brought yes. into the world. Like, yes. You can't discoveries wrong and bad, as we know. Don't try to find out facts. Too much science hurts you. Too much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, he's been scienced to death. (laughs) There's a lot of... He poured too much colored liquid into (laughs) tubes. (laughs) We never should have played God. Did you notice, though, that Alexander Luther's plan is the exact same as Hal Jordan's plan from... um, I will make the world perfect. Yep, but... They just had different ways of doing it. Hal was like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mess with this one. And Alexander Luther's like, I'm gonna throw a bunch of colored liquids together in a test tube, <laughs> meaning different earths. Right. And so bad that he was just like, Alright, let's make infinite earths and then smash I'm just gonna look at them all and smash them together and then get rid of what doesn't work. Yeah. Completely wild. It's it's really the toddler approach to perfect world building there. I'm going to dump out everything in the basket yep. and jam a couple things together until I get bored, and then I'm just going to leave it alone. What if we uh, made a video of our baby trying his shape sorter, which he is – he's getting good at. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he's not perfect. And we he can, likes circles the best. Don't we all? <laughs> and uh, – so we could get a bit where he's trying to jam the circle into the square bit, and then we can just say, Alexander Luther, infinite crisis. <laughs> I, you definitely re- know reading crisis that the people who go to heaven world are not ever supposed to be the bad guy. 
And then they're like, what if they're the bad guy? Right? So it's kind of funny because it's making the case that to the, the past is not always good by making some good people from the past bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then Wonder Woman just got to got to she didn't have to be stuck in a uh, glass glass box watching Earth TV with Superman and Lois. She yeah. just got to go hang out with the gods and her husband. And her husband. Who sacrificed himself so she could come give one other Wonder Woman a pep talk. And then she's like, something's pulling me away. And I'm like, where'd she go? We don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe she shows up again later, but I kind of doubt it. I don't feel like I've seen Earth 2 Wonder Woman since this. Uh, I love how when Wonder Woman sees, or when Earth 1 Wonder Woman sees her, she's just like, mom? I mean, the like Wonder Woman is basically like a semi-clone of her mom. <laughs> So I get it. Like, yeah, but like she had an invisible jet. She showed up in the invisible jet. I well, guess her maybe mom she didn't see her come out of the invisible jet because <laughs> it's invisible. <laughs> she was wearing her costume. You know, she'd had a rough day. <laughs> you know, if I saw an older version of myself, I might say "mom," except I probably wouldn't be as as slender as my own mother. <laughs> Older version of yourself, would you say, Dad? I mean... No, I 100% would. I'm a semi-clone of my own father. Yeah, I'm going gray differently than him and bald differently than him. But you're not going bald. That's differently than him. Uh Oh. Okay. So layout's too busy. Mm -hmm. Plot a little bit too chaotic. We like some of the Easter eggs, but maybe not all necessary. Yeah, and it... I don't think we needed to know that the past was not dark at times. I don't even know if this was like a worthwhile message. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the like, new status quo from it was that good. Bringing back the multiverse, in my opinion, great idea. Okay. The fact that we've had to have all of these events to figure this out, not great. And it will not get easier. <laughs> it will only get harder. <laughs> The multiverses will continue until morale improves. <laughs> but do you think there's some people who needed that theme that, I don't know, some people who maybe saw themselves a little bit in Superboy Prime who just maybe needed maybe needed a lesson. Maybe they needed their own cosmic timeout and this was it. Maybe, but uh, I don't think it's helped. I feel like <laughs> the Superboy Primes of the world have only gotten worse. <laughs> it's weird, though, because like... The whole deal with like the 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 present being super violent or whatever, and the people and like the whole idea of the past thinking that it's not perfect. The writer of this comic had a huge hand in making the present comics way more violent mm-hmm. and and like dark, but using older so, characters. So is this just his way of saying, "Hey, my storytelling's good. Lay off." Hey. I, things were always this way. They didn't used to be incredibly light, except in some ways they very much were <laughs> at times. The silver, it's hard to say that the Silver Age was very heavy, <laughs> especially in terms of like Superman. So I don't know. I don't, this is not like the world's worst comic. Um, I liked the coloring. I feel like they did a, they could have made it way darker. This came out roughly concurrently, I'd say, with Messiah Complex, which mm-hmm. was a kind of, Sticky blue-gray comic. I love the coloring on this. Not a fan of all the layouts. The inks are are pretty dark, like pretty heavy on the inks, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not 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 always super fun of the layouts. 
Phil Jimenez draws like the lion's share of this where a few people randomly take over in ways mm-hmm. that are sometimes more discernible to me and sometimes not. Um, he draws everybody just looking super strong in a way that is really cool. Like all these superheroes definitely look like they are ready to, to throw down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I can complain about power girl being looking like power girl all the time, but he draws her with like the world's biggest, like biceps and like shoulders, shoulders oh, and like toned legs. And uh-huh. it's like hard to say the power girl also cannot like cream you. Right. So I, in that way, it's it's pretty good. We could probably get deeper into some of the themes, maybe, but I don't. The theme. This is. It's not like it's a com- It's a comic. It's a superhero comic. It's right. not the world's deepest superhero comic. I think we've probably covered those as best we can. I think we could dive a little bit more into Superboy Prime. You know, there's a fun moment where Superman smashes Superman with a car, harkening back to Action Comics number one. I kind of looked at that and was like, "Hey." <laughs> Especially considering it's the same car because they went back to Earth too. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Fun Easter eggs. What they really should have gotten into with the fact that Earth Two Superman was like uh, a guy who would like beat up terrible bosses and landlords and stuff. Maybe that's what they should have should have gotten into. Why well, got so many landlords here? <laughs> really, really price gouging. I beat, I beat all of them up on Earth Two. Every single one. <laughs> All right. Well, are we ready to get into some listener questions? Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and start off with a question from uh, Nier Ravel at Ravel underscore Nier. If old Superman comes and tells you that our version of reality is bad and corrupted, what would you ask him to make sure that it actually is? Mine would be really cheesy because it would it would probably be like something about you. Oh no, maybe it would just be about biscuits. Oh, does your world have biscuits? Yeah. Or how are your world's biscuits? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe that that's the fun answer. <laughs> my, my sweet answer would be, you know, is my husband still swell? Oh, <gasps> I'm swell in every universe. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm really, really up, up playing my own accomplishments. That's very sweet. Um, I can't just say that one though, because then it'd be too cute. Yeah, I already did it. And I took it. I it. said it first. Um, God, I feel like I get really serious with this. Like, like, well, does your world have climate change or things like that? What's just something that I just find delightful? Has your world discovered cold brew? There we go. If there's no cold brew. What are we even doing here? <laughs> I think he maybe has another question. Oh, he does have another question. Also, Superboy Prime, good parody or bad thin-skinned idea? He is specifically supposed to be a forum, because forums were popular at the time, like a forum fanboy who is mad at all the changes. I mean, I I feel like I I didn't need to be familiar (laughs) with forums to get that analogy, because I feel like those people still exist. Yeah. That I mostly only see people subtweeting about or quote tweeting, and I'm like, stop, stop quote tweeting them. Stop quote tweeting them. Don't quote tweet Superboy Prime. If if it, this sounds like Superboy Prime is saying it, don't quote tweet it, even to dunk on it. Because mm-hmm. he's still imprisoned in a sun, and he's not going anywhere. And be only, you know, if enough people look at him, maybe he'll get out. Yeah. 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 Don't feed the algorithm. Don't feed the algorithm. The Superboy Prime algorithm. <laughs> um, I love him as that. 
I like I like the original idea of Superboy Prime though, which is he is the first superhero in an Earth where he's like read comics and finds out that he's one of them. I think that's kind of a cool idea. Oh, I don't think I quite knew that backstory uh, that he's like he's he's Gwenpool, <laughs> yeah, kind of. No, he is. He's like he is. He is very much like a proto Gwenpool, but he stays in his universe and right. fights crime. Right. There's another Superman story that's similar, but it's like he's a nice boy instead called Superman Secret Identity. I own it. I'm going to chuck it at you at some point because you'll read it and you'll be like, well, this was just delightful. <laughs> he keeps coming back and he's just always kind of this character. There is, there's, from what I understand, a story where he does go on the internet and write mean things about superheroes. The character Superboy Prime. <laughs> Wait, how does he get out of his third cosmic timeout? Oh, it happens, like, very soon. He becomes a Sinestro Corps oh. uh, person. Mm-hmm. So he gets one of the yellow rings. Yeah. So does the Anti-Monitor. What? The Anti-Monitor wears one of the rings. Oh. So he also comes He's, back to life, I guess. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. that's what I was what-ing, not yeah. him wearing the ring. <laughs> of course they do. Mm-hmm. Of course. All right, next question from Poor Life Choices at Josh Garvey on Twitter. Is there a more petulant heel turn than Superboy Prime? What? Is there a more villainous act than attacking Crypto? Uh, no, no. He's a perfect little pooch. Yep. Uh, uh, so heel turn, more petulant heel turns than Superboy Prime. In comics? Yeah. Are we, are we, are we just talking comics? Because as soon as you say heel turn, I start thinking of... Of wrestling? Uh-huh. There's some pretty petulant heel turns in wrestling. There's like, there's so many where it's like, I'm a group and I'm jealous of my friends. Those are always I mean, kind of dumb. Did, did Hal Jordan have a heel turn or did he just kind of always suck? Yes. Okay. To both. <laughs> His was supposed to be influenced by like a like a creature taking over his mind, but that's a retcon. It was not originally. Yeah. He just he just like started to get old and then that made him bad. <laughs> Phoenix eating the sun. That's that's control again though. I don't think that's really a heel turn. Magneto's heel turn after he was good for a while was basically like being good is dumb. <laughs> That's pretty, that's pretty petulant. Like, I tried this and it's not working. How goofy is the last Joker appearance? So goofy that I'm going to talk about it in my accolades. Correct. The Joker is in this two times. One to be mad and twice to correct the fat thing that he's mad about. Uh, the Superman flying uh, Superboy Prime through a red, red sign is kind of cool, though, huh? I I love when Superman fights magic things. because. Magic things hurt Superman. He mm-hmm. has no special resistance to him. Mm-hmm. And I love when Superman gets shot up with red sun juice. There's, yeah. a, there's yeah. a story where that happens like the entire, although it can get really cheap because if you keep using it over and over again, you're basically saying, I don't know how to write Superman with all these powers. So I'm going to write him without them. And I feel like that's a cop out. <laughs> all right. And not quite last question from we Josh. More no, no, but Josh had one more question in the Josh has a lot of questions. Yeah, but Josh you know what? Like, we didn't have a lot of people ask questions this time. So Josh gets to ask lots of questions. Josh just like Learn your lesson readers, <laughs> ask those questions. Um, have you read any of one year later comics that came out of this? No. I've read uh, 52 though. <laughs> Which 52 is great. It's, uh, it is the only weekly series I feel like that I have at all enjoyed. Well, okay. The only really long weekly series that I enjoy, that I have enjoyed, I liked Hawks Fox and that came out weekly. 
<laughs> um, oh, I liked so, Wednesday comics that came out weekly too. So is the the Superman story that you're thinking of was a one year later comic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have read uh, some of the uh, up, up and away mm-hmm. um, storyline, the Superman storyline that Josh recommended <laughs> to me. I have not finished it yet, Josh. I will heavily chat with you about it, though, when I'm done. Mm-hmm. I have started it. I made a list on the DC app. Yeah, because you can do that. Thanks, DC app. That's really good and helpful. Marvel app, get on it. <laughs> Someone told me, well, there are reading lists. And I'm like, yeah, you cannot make them. And they're like, well, you have a library. I'm like, that is not a reading list. All right. And Josh's last question. Oh, also, how much does old Superman feel like Grandpa Simpson? Old Superman feels in cloud. <laughs> I just imagine Superman or, or young Superman being like, like there, there's this bit in The Simpsons. And I'm going to, I'm going to completely butcher this where, Homer's talking, young Homer is talking to his dad and is like, you don't, you're, you're not with it, dad. And he goes, I used to, I used to be with it, but then it changed and I don't know what it is anymore. And it's frankly kind of scary. And what I thought was it, isn't it? And what is it? It's something I don't fully understand. And then he points at Homer and goes, it'll happen to you. I can imagine old Superman doing that. Yep. Also, that is entirely too true. <laughs> All right. Our next question is from the Pariah Effect at the Pariah Effect on Twitter. What kind of self care routine did you have to undertake after reading this one? I drank chai while drinking it. I made and drank chai. You drank chai while drinking it. While reading it. There we go. (laughs) As I read this crossover, I had to drink some masala chai after making it. I don't know. This one doesn't bother me too much. I'm, I'm fine. No, it was, it's no secret war. Ugh. Yeah, very like very small amounts of very small amounts of bigotry in this one. Although it mostly contains uh, white heroes, so yeah, that's yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, next questions from Asimov fangirl uh, at Asimov underscore fangirl on Twitter. They say, hi, Chris's. Do you think that using different antagonists or characters should have worked better in the story or could have worked better in the story? Mm. I mean, could we have had, you know, just Hal Jordan do it again? Perfect Earth. Probably. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I definitely feel you on the whole... Gosh, man, it feels kind of awful to have people who were the heroes last time become the villains. But I think if you wanted to have that tie back to Crisis on Infinite Earths, I feel like you needed some... I feel like they had to be the characters for that. Yeah, it would have had to be like this or the Anti-Monitor comes back. But the Anti-Monitor coming back would have been weird with like the... He wouldn't have wanted to make like the old Earth better. Right, right. So probably not. And it's upsetting. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think maybe, maybe not Superboy Prime. Maybe it, he didn't have to heel turn there. Yeah, but then, like, who would have? Like, I mean, wh- Alexander Luther still could have been a mastermind of it. But it's kind of nice having Earth 2 Superman being the one who's kind of duped into it all and has a redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like that would have been a little bit... You needed to have something different for Superboy Prime, so I'm not sure what he would have done there. Maybe he could have just died heroically. Um yeah. Alexander Luther did need someone to do like large scale damage. That's true. 
<sighs> the fact that it was literally just super people and Alexander Luther who lived in this like alternate or this like heaven dimension meant that you did not have a lot of choice in the matter if you wanted to use them. I guess they could have invented like an entirely new villain, maybe. Yeah. I mean, they've done it before. Or maybe we could have gotten like, there have been people from Earth 2 who like just completely disappeared Mm. or whatever. So I'm wondering if maybe we could have gotten one of them who would have like had some like, this is getting real comic booky, like their essence floating through and somehow like solidifying and wanting to come back for revenge. But I don't know if it would have been as impactful as using the the Crisis on Infinite Mm -hmm. Earths characters. So I'm not sure. I'm frustrated that we, that I cannot get around that fact, but... Right, right. If you wanted to tell this same story in sort of the same way... Harbinger comes back. I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, I feel like you could have told a story with different antagonists and kind of a different story and still wound up with the 52. Yeah. I mean, you could have gotten to that same point in a different way. But could but we have told you... the same story? No, I don't no. think so. Okay. I think the villains had to stay the same. Um, all right. Their question. second question. From all the events that you have read, is punching the walls of reality as the cause of retcon slash reality changes the weirdest one? We've not talked about this, but certain things happen after this crossover that are the result of Superboy Prime punching the walls of reality. Oh. And they, like, just changed things. Okay. Like, um, we mentioned how the Joker killed one of the robins and it was like something that was like voted upon you called in a 1900 number right he is suddenly back after this and the excuse is superboy prime did some punches okay yep i think this this is my very favorite retcon because they literally just went he punched reality i don't know what to tell you <laughs> that's my favorite it, there's there's like because it's it's completely giving up and like they don't even try like the the Phoenix retcon, while a lot of people don't like it, and I completely understand it, um, I feel like it is crafted in a way that I enjoy, where mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool, I, I dig it. The fact that the Phoenix, like, took the likeness of Gene, sure. This is like, he did punches, and that's that's kind of just fantastic. It's like fantastic in a terrible way. <laughs> <laughs> we have right. one final question from the Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. So, question from Drew Garland. Uh, okay, is Jeff Johns the anti-Grant Morrison in terms of events? He also says, interpret that as you will. I'm going to interpret that as, and Grant Morrison usually only writes good events. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I think they're good. And Jeff Johns usually only writes bad events. So, yes. All right. What Do you have an opinion on this one? No. Yeah, you're you're not like a, a Morrisonite. Not really, not, not really your jam. I don't know. I mean, DC is just not really my jam. He wrote X-Men. Okay. <laughs> Did he write an X-Men event that I've read? No, his is fully just one long run. There. Okay, we're talking about events here. That's Okay, that's true. Events. They do say in terms of events. Uh-huh. Ah, they do say that. Yeah, Grant Morrison, event-wise, has written DC 1 million, which is good. Mm-hmm. Final Crisis, which is good. And Multiversity, which is also good. Well, there you go. Yep. Jeff Johns has written Infinite Crisis, which is not good. Blackest Night, which is also not good. Flashpoint, also not good. Yeah. yeah. Doomsday Clock, also not good. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure he's written another one that is also not good. I just can't think of it. <laughs> uh, or more straightforward, who is your favorite crossover writer? 
And do you have a fave writer who wrote a disappointing crossover? Grant Morrison's up there for me. But I think I'm going to have to give it to Jonathan Hickman because he wrote my very favorite crossover ever, which is the 2015 Secret Wars. Oh. I think it's the perfect crossover. I thought you were going to say, like, Hawksbox. Is Hawksbox a crossover? Readers debate in the comments. Um, it might be. I think be. we've said before we've that said it that is. We said that we consider one. Hawksbox is also pretty good, so it's hard to say that that's not. That was pretty good. So there you go. Your your favorite crossover writer is Jonathan Hickman. I think so. Do you have a favorite crossover writer? Um, You've read a bunch at this point. I have, and I've read more that I kind of don't. Like, I, I haven't read enough crossovers that I like better than regular runs to say, like, I have a crossover writer that I really like. Uh-huh. Because I like so many other things more than I like crossovers. I know. It's bad we started this podcast. <laughs> no, it has been an ex- excellent history lesson in comics for me. Well, I specifically was like, I think we should talk about crossovers because that's sadly where all the important stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't read it otherwise. Yeah. And I mean, I'd just be a blissfully ignorant, casual fan. That's not where all the important <laughs> stuff happens. There's lots of character moments. Like, the greatest Thor run of all time and the uh, debatably the greatest Thor run of all time until one recently ended had didn't cross over with anything except the stuff that we already read in uh, Mutant Massacre. That's like the best Thor run of all time. Probably. Jason Aaron's is uh, in the running, I'll say. But that ends with a crossover practically. Mm. So who is your favorite writer who wrote a disappointing crossover? Jason Aaron wrote a crossover called Original Sin, and I don't think it's very good. Mm. And Jason Aaron is one of my favorites. I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast because I don't want him to ever hear that I said a mean thing about his book. But I don't I don't like Original Sin. I just – it was a cool concept. The, mm-hmm. this, the concept of this crossover is like – And you loved War of the Realms, which yeah. he wrote, so. Um, I don't think War of the Realms is as good as Secret Wars. It, it kind of has like the crossover problem of like it kind of flits between stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just like – it. It exactly sets out to do what it is. It doesn't really surprise you, but it's like gorgeous and punchy. And I'm like, you know what? That's, 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 that's like better than we can say about a lot of crossovers. <laughs> that's what, that's just what I can get these days or any day. I think crossovers used to probably be worse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's probably, that's probably it. Do you have a favorite writer who's written a disappointing crossover? No, I'm disappointed by a lot of crossovers, but I don't know that any of them are written by favorite writers. Yeah, I think I think all of your favorite writers have actually not written a crossover. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? I'm probably forgetting somebody. Uh, Jerry Duggan, not written a crossover. I'm trying to think of even like super high profile writers who've written like big runs who haven't written a crossover. Mm-hmm. Jason Aaron is probably the one that you've read the most that's written crossovers. Yeah. You're not really – you haven't re- read a ton of Bendis and he's written – 10 billion crossovers. Jeff Johns, we've read some of. George Perez. George Perez might be a favorite creator who wrote a bad crossover, which is War of the Gods. Oh, I really hated War of the Gods, but I love a lot of Perez art. I When he writes a lot of times, it's good, too. He wrote, like, a seminal Wonder Woman run. It just ends like a mess, and it's probably not all his fault. <sighs> all right. Well, there's our answers. Yeah, yeah. Now we need to get into accolades. All right. Christy, what's the best line in this, in this bad boy? 
All right. So my best line, I know a lot of times I go for the the, the fun one-liners, but my best line actually comes from Earth 2 Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. uh, her chat with Diana. And I know it feels kind of cheesy, but I, for it. I, I love it. And she says, you can start by not trying to be so perfect. You've been a princess, a goddess, an ambassador, and a warrior. But the one thing you haven't been for a very long time is human. And I'm just like, oh, I want my my old adult self to come and tell me like, hey, you're doing a real great job. Just just give yourself some space to make mistakes. It'll, it, it'll be human. I like how you said older adult self when you <laughs> yourself for an adult. <laughs> well, for my best line, I did go with a silly one, which is Green Arrow in response to the when they're going to space. To go shut down Brother Eye, Hal Jordan is whistling, take me out to the ball game. And Green Arrow is like, why are you doing this? And he's like, got some tickets next week. And Green Arrow's like, what? We're like, the world's going to end? And he's like, you want to come? And then Green Arrow says, Cracker Jack's on me. That was a really fun exchange. I enjoyed that. I was mad that I enjoyed that. Yeah. And I was like, Jeff, Jeff, okay, you got me with one line, buddy. All right, who is your greatest hero? Mine is Wonder Woman for kind of getting the job done, because these supermen were just doing punches. Mm. And she's like, hey, maybe stop doing punches? And they're like, but this world's bad? And Superman's like, what, I haven't gotten a chance to explain? And they're like, I did like the the bit in, in, in response, which was, a perfect world doesn't need a Superman. And even Earth 2 Superman had to be like, yeah, gotta give yeah. it to you. Mm-hmm. That was kind of spurred on by Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she... I didn't even consider her for it. I think I just went for immediately the heroic sacrifice. I knew you would, so that's why I didn't. <laughs> yeah, Superboy. Uh have specifically the panel in front of me here where uh, everybody's just standing around him kind of dead on the ground. Mm-hmm. I I feel like we just need to start like a Chris's thread of every time we find a panel of somebody like critically wounded or dead on the ground with people <laughs> just standing around them. Yeah, I think this was supposed to be a reference to the death of superman story you sh- i need to show you what connor kent used to look like in the 90s he looked sweet he does not look near as cool here does he have like the shaved side heads and, and the, like, a lot the, on like top the, and yep. the kind of goggles and the jacket yeah yeah and now he's just like short haired dude with muscle shirt yeah that's the that's the art i remember of superboy that was painted on the wall at six flags that's why i remember it yeah <laughs> There's a recent, uh, he's kind of back in that look. And, uh, there's the, someone did the meme of the girl looking, of like, looking oh, back. Oh, yeah. And he's like, got his glasses down. It's very <laughs> cool. My coolest moment is Superman exploding into a bunch of Superman. It's like, he's like, uh, when Alexander Luther was like, Earth 2 Superman's the key, and there's the bit where he like kaleidoscopes. Oh, yeah. And so they all the Earths. Yeah. That was really cool. That was that it was, was just close a cool art my, moment. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was a cool story moment necessarily, but I was like, "Who's this? Who's this Superman? Who's this Superman? I want to know all about these Superman." <laughs> uh, my coolest moment uh, is a little similar to that, but almost kind of, I guess, the reverse of that. Mine is all of the Earths getting combined down into just new Earth, and. Like you have like all the little shards of broken glass that look like all of these different 
just give you all these different images and then random faces of superheroes screaming and some of them smiling, but it's all <laughs> combining down <laughs> into one earth. And just art wise, it was really cool. Yeah. I'm glad we picked two cool art moments. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, who is, who received your Crusher Creel Award for silly villainy? The Joker. For just like, just like murdering Alexander Luther and he like doesn't even say words. See, I wasn't sure that Alexander Luther was murdered when I saw it. I just thought he was maybe like two faced. No, he the, there's a blam blam at the end. Oh, oh, I do see the blam now in the lettering. Yes, although he is like acided in the face and then like shocked and then blam blammed, and Lex Luthor is like, "Who's dumb now?" Ween and mean. Alexander Luthor, uh, a very fragile man. I mean, it's kind of perfect that the heroes sort of like spare. Yeah, well, they he gets hit with a building and they just don't, they never find the body. Mm-hmm. But I think they were even, like, about to, and, like, Wonder Woman's kind of like that. It's not worth it! Batman was gonna was gonna break his one rule, which is to not shoot people with guns. <laughs> not to not kill people, but don't shoot them with guns. I think he's supposed to have a no-kill rule, but he also, like, doesn't use guns. <laughs> I have one rule, and it's to not shoot people with guns. <laughs> All right, I'm excited for the Key of C award. Well, can I do my silly villainy oh, yes. first? Yes, what's I just think I just assumed it was also going to be the Joker. No, be- mine is Superboy Prime's plan, which is like I'm going to fly through the planet at the center of the universe at the speed of light, which is going to cause the Big Bang. And I'm like, I've never heard of this happening in DC before. And everybody's like, of course that would work. And I'm like, there's so many people that could have tried this before. Like, and nobody did. They're like, nope, too dangerous. Can't restart the Earth in my own image by flying through this. <laughs> going light speed. This is like when I was a, when I was kind of a little kid, I didn't know why scientists didn't just find a way to grab onto light to go light speed. Like make, make a device that would just catch the light as it was going. Like, you know how Thor like throws his hammer and mm-hmm. just hangs on? That's like what I thought you could do, but with light. Oh, I was a little kid. Yeah. With a fanciful I mean, imagination. That, that- I don't think I would have conceived of that as a kid, so maybe that's just really inventive. Maybe, but Superboy Prime is uh, was older than me when I came <laughs> up with this plan, which it seemed very similar to that. All right. What is your key of C award? Mine is Wonder Woman talking to Wonder Woman. I feel like it could have been like a, oh. like, you know how there's like that, that song in the beginning of Mulan where she's like, uh, like who I am or mm-hmm. whatever. I feel like that, but like a duet version almost. Oh, yeah, that would be really sweet. Yeah. So I envisioned a sweet little tap number mm-hmm. uh, with Lo- er- er- Earth 2 Lois and Earth 2 Superman as they arrive back to Earth 2 that starts off really whimsical. And then, um, like, at the end of the song, she kind of collapses and then she dies. And then we have, like, a really sad reprise of the sweet little tap song. Oof. Yeah. Wow. But, like, kind of like a tap through memory lane, and we get, like, some past versions of... Because we see, you know, like, 
her like, her telling the tough stories and all the things. And they could have even had like Power Girl there. Just uh, some all their really sweet moments that they're reliving in Earth 2, that they're back in Earth 2. But then they kind of come back to the present and the Earth is empty and it's not really real and she dies. What if, so they tap through music, mm-hmm. but then the music stops and they're still tapping, but they're just tapping on like an empty stage. And everything's gone. And, and everything's like, gone. So all you're hearing is like the clack, a clack, a clack, a clack, a clack. Like mm-hmm. echoing, man. We should we should always write musicals. <laughs> yeah, I liked I liked Victory Curl or Victory Roll, Lois from the past. Oh yeah, yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, Are they not one of the art panel? No, they're not. Okay. Uh, if you're you're kind of you're kind of close, um, but one of the 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 panel of her of old or of young Earth to Lois right before it goes to her dying it gives me a slightly creepy uneasy feeling and i'm not sure if that's intentional it's some uncanny valley stuff a yeah. little bit like it starts to become almost too human but in a way that's like you re- definitely still know what's comic booky about it mm-hmm. i don't love it i even think the panel of her right afterwards older is not as weird <laughs> right I don't know what happened. Right. We well, I mean, I'll share it out anyway because it's my key of C award. But yeah, that face. Not when people are getting hurt, Clark. Which is also <laughs> a weird thing to say while you're also having a big old grin. Because like the panel before, she's like, "Chief, I, I, you know, like I stopped this bad landlord again." I think they just landlords. wanted. <laughs> Earth two is just like riddled with bad landlords. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I had, well, I had a lot more fun talking about this than I thought I would. Yeah, considering how I, long I we are going, fun. we are going extra long. Oh, I'll edit it down. All right, readers, we're at like one twenty right now. If I can get this, I I won't get this under an hour, but it won't be one twenty. Cool. <laughs> All right, well, readers, we're going to do this extra quick. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, you can find us on www.patreon.com slash Chris's pod, where you can donate in lots of different amounts, uh, where you can support us on lots of different levels, even influencing the way that this show is. You can uh, vote or contribute stuff to be voted upon uh, or even make us cover a certain crossover. Check out all the different levels there. You can donate to us singly at www.www dot ko dash fi dot com slash curses on infinite earths you can donate three dollar increments three dollars six dollars nine dollars all right if you want to get a hold of us you can email us at curses on infinite earths at gmail.com you can follow us on facebook or twitter at chris's pod we love five star reviews on all of your favorite podcast platforms including itunes stitcher google play it's probably on there that's google podcast now i guess I don't know. I haven't. I haven't actually checked there. I don't know if you can review podcasts there. But anywhere you can review podcasts, Spotify. <laughs> We're on Spotify. I don't know if you can review people there. Please listen to us. Uh, but yeah, we love those five star reviews, and we will shout you out on the show. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of different projects that aren't this podcast, but we're not going to spend any more time talking time talking nope, about them. You can find a lot of it at xavierfiles.com. That's true. Next time we're going to be covering Marvel Civil War. So if you thought we were going to get a good one, well, at least we, there's a lot to talk about with this one. No, this one will be fun to talk about, I promise. Okay. <laughs> all right. And until next time, readers. Slay your enemies, and all you desire shall be yours.